Welcome, everyone, to the AI and Business Podcast. I'm Matthew DeMello, Senior Editor here at Emerge Technology Research. Today's guest is Bhuvanesh Abral, U.S. Private Equity Consulting Leader and U.S. M&A Services Private Equity Consulting Leader at Deloitte. He joins Emerge CEO and Head of Research Daniel Fagella on today's program to talk about the AI opportunities in private equity investment decisions and deal-making. Later, the pair pull apart the fundamentals of using AI to inform opaque pricing in procurement and to drive increased collection rates. Today's episode is sponsored by Deloitte, and without further ado, here's their conversation. So, Bhuvi, welcome to the program. Thanks for being here. Oh, absolutely delighted. Thank you for having me, Dan. Indeed. And we are diving into your exact world, which is the space of private equity. This has not been a topic that I think by itself we've almost ever covered in our finance coverage here, Bhuvi. So you're the first to check the box. And there's many elements to private equity. So I'm going to unroll them uh, sort of in order with you and sort of get your perspective from the top to the bottom. We can start with the top of the house. You know, those folks that are making the big picture strategic decisions within private equity firms. Talk a little bit about what you're seeing for trends and challenges there and where you think the kind of data and AI opportunities are most rife in that part of private equity. Oh, absolutely, Dan. So, you know, first of all, um, private equity is only rising in influence. And it's interesting you you mentioned that, um, you know, private equity was not a, a focus in, in your prior sort of uh, FSI discussion. So, I mean, think of the assets under management and unprecedented uh, amount of dry powder that, that has to be invested. And you think of the leaders and the individuals that are making those decisions. It is heavily data-based, heavily based on, on experience. And this immediately can sort of lead you to the importance of, you know, data analytics. And as a result, sitting on top of it, you know, what AI can can provide as, as a potential opportunity. At the top of the house, um, you know, these are like, the, you know, the, the, the leaders that drive, drive the funds. I mean, there's so much from a reporting standpoint, right? And as the number of asset, the number of portfolio companies and investments have grown, insights into the performance of those companies you know the the reporting from those companies understanding trends similarities discrepancies where intervention might be required from you know experts that sit in value creation teams across the portcos it is it is of huge huge importance and significance to to the top i mean imagine as you are thinking about you know different sectors or different um, assets to go after um, you know, understanding the the uh, ups and downs in the sector. What are public companies and their leaders saying about it? You know, what is going to be a headwind or a, or a tailwind? Imagine being able to get all of that quickly and and in a way that enables decision making. I mean, that is what we're talking about as a power of of AI that can be unleashed at the very top. Yeah, and you know what's ringing a bell in my mind here, uh, Bhuvi, is we've done a good deal of interviews. Um, on sort of the wealth management side of banking, you know, whether it be Citibank or, you know, any of the other big players here, uh, there's there's been a big focus on sort of quantum mental investing and being able to pull in various and sundry data sources that, uh, let's say, kind of quantifying what was previously unquantifiable. So maybe we can look at the, the shipping volumes between different ports between Japan and the Philippines. Maybe we can look at the uh, level of oil reserves on... Uh, 
at certain facilities somewhere and use that as a gauge for something or the amount of cars parked in parking lots at a certain retailer uh, or or just pull in data from social. You know, is, is everybody getting progressively angrier with Nike based on their advertising decisions over the last six months in America or do they seem to be liking it more, you know, whatever the case may be. When you talk about pulling in this data, figuring out what's a tailwind, what's a headwind, I imagine some of this might be internal data with our own investments. How well are they performing? Some of that might just be spreadsheets, though. I don't know if all that needs AI. But some of this, I imagine, would be yanking data out of the real world to help inform our allocation of capital, the same way wealth management folks do. Speak a little bit as to if you see this as a, a drastically different paradigm from sort of the kinds of information wealth management folks would want to use uh, compared to what you're articulating here in, in private equity. That's a great point. I mean, there's there's always going to be the um, combination of internal and external data. And to your point, the, ex- the internal data does certainly reside on, on a multitude of spreadsheets, right? So hence my point earlier about there has to be the, the digitization and the data availability that's really important. And as the number of investments have grown, the ability to have that access at the click of a button across a multitude of filters, if you will, of you know ownership, sector, location, very, very important. Now, the external data that becomes really relevant, you know, at the top is, you know, what what's the level of investment being made by by private equity in a certain certain sector? Um, what have been the exits? What what are the current valuation multiples? Right? I mean, this is what you think at the top. How how is and many PE firms are now going public, as uh, as you've noticed. So how is one? the firm performing versus the others is of paramount importance. And so it's, again, it is an informing exercise, if you will, at the top. There also means to to um, engage with LPs and other investors, right? There could be a scenario where at some point through a conversational AI engine, um, there, there could be a world where, you know, some of the more simple questions and the more simple interaction are addressed through a conversational AI engine. It's quite possible. Huh. So, you know, we see some effort already in the world of finance to, let's say, summarize big, complex, goofy financial data into simple paragraphs because we we find that you know in in the finance office everybody's doing a bajillion reports not everybody wants to read a bajillion uh, tabs of a spreadsheet they might just want to know what are the major things that changed why do we think that was the case etc leveraging ai to summarize that you're even talking about you know continuing that further to say what if we could just talk to our data and say have these ideas have these uh investments been trending up or down or these factors been trending up or down or what has been the correlation between these fa- these two factors historically in the last 3 years and what if we could just have it speak back to us or just type us a paragraph? Is this more or less sort of where you're headed here? Totally, totally. Okay, and, got it. I mean, imagine the power of that at the top. And then as we as we talk of the next layer of private equity on the deal side, I mean, this this is huge, huge potential. And then, of course, the port cause is, is unlimited as well. Yeah, so we're going to work our way down the stack here uh, with your guidance. Um, but it, this is sort of a, an interesting vision, you know, what you're articulating from the top does have corollaries in other areas of finance. Of course, private equity is doing a very different kind of thing than day trading, but at the same time, they're investing money and they want to make sure they know where the winds are blowing and and what's moving where when they make that happen. It seems pretty rational to suspect that over the coming years, it will become the norm for those decisions to be drastically augmented by as much data as we can bring to bear to make sure we're moving in the right direction. Moving into that deal side of the house, a very different pace, a very different energy, a very different set of day-to-day tasks. Talk to us a little bit about 
what you're seeing there for, again, those kind of opportunities and challenges with AI in in that deal portion of private equity? Sure. So from, from the standpoint of of, of a deal professional, put yourself in the shoes of a deal professional, right? There, there's the roles these leaders uh, on the deal side are playing is they are, of course, working with many service providers to understand what is happening in specific sectors. What are the assets that are coming to market? Um, what are the trends in valuation is, you know, depending on a different geography, depending on a specific subsector. Imagine, imagine a world where a lot of this is digitized and you've got the data available and you can have simple queries. So it might sound like a search, but really there's a lot of intelligence behind being able to get a artificial intelligence driven quote unquote bot or person speak that back to you. Imagine if that became available quickly. Imagine a, a scenario where as as we there are um you know a, a means to let us say there's 20 25 targets uh, somebody is targeting and and watching uh, you know based on maybe there's public sentiment maybe there's something on from their employees in a different in a different network imagine being able to consolidate all of that and getting sort of a a thumbs up thumbs down you know red green uh, yellow type rating on on what's being said about a target that a, that a deal professional might be considering right so imagine the power that this brings to inform the deal process that's one and two, from the standpoint of accelerating the diligence process in and of itself, um, you know, there are um, clients that are competing for targets with other PE firms or with other corporate buyers. Imagine being able to get to the so what of the diligence faster, which then puts the pressure on the service providers, you know, that provide diligence services, legal advisors, other advisors, consulting advisors to improve their processes and, and make the, the path to getting to an insight much faster. AI can enable that, no questions. Hmm. Uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm going to use rough analogies in part because it helps to make ideas click for the audience, in part also because, Bouvi, I don't live explicitly in private equity, so I'm having to draw from other areas uh, where, where um, we've done, you know, these last thousand interviews of ours over the last eight years. When it comes to procurement, which is very, very different than acquiring a target for private equity, but uh, we're buying screws or car parts or what have you, as it turns out, it's, it's an extremely opaque space. If I'm within General Electric, I have no idea what other people within General Electric pay when they buy this kind of screw for this kind of uh, jet engine. And even if I do, I don't know what they pay when they buy it at this part of the season and in this bulk. It sounds like part of, uh, this is obviously not the total picture here, but part of what you're articulating is, how are things being valued? Am I, if I'm buying a vineyard, uh, as a as a private equity firm, am I overpaying for this vineyard? Is this safe to say that this is somewhat normal, or is there a way I can use, uh, let's call it the going rate, to my advantage in my negotiations to say, hey, let's you know we, we've been able to dig through the opacity with AI and yank out, generally speaking, acre by acre, sort of what other valuations have looked like. This is what the world looks like, and we think, Mister Seller, uh, you know this this price may not work. Are we? inching towards the right page here? Is any color you want to put on that, Puvi? Absolutely. I mean, uh, Dan, well said and a great example, right? And of course, the the, the, the buying of a business is, is far more complicated than... than vastly, like vastly. Yep. Right? But, but, but if you think about even models 
financial models, looking at the projections of revenue or cost, the scalability of these uh, line items, creating a model, quickly getting through it, you know, looking at the inputs that drive some of the outcomes. AI can can enable it in a huge way, obviously with with a human interaction as as the technology evolves. Um, if, if you if you then sort of say, okay, look, the purpose of the diligence is to inform some of the the potential pitfalls in a transaction or areas of risk, um, the ability to get to that faster, and then making a a very informed decision on the investment side is is absolutely critical. And 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 data enables that and ai sitting on top of the data layer as i alluded to before only only makes it faster yeah there's some analogies between this and between uh the let's call it decision informing power of what we talked about at the top of private equity there's there's a bit of an analogy here maybe we're 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 talking a, a little bit more specific to an individual deal as opposed to industries and clusters writ large, but it, it seems like in many ways you're articulating the same general idea for what, what you see as the possibility space, which is we're making important decisions, what data can be brought to bear in a simple, maybe even conversational way to just ensure that we have the right forces at play, we're taking into account the right factors. If, if I'm hearing you correctly, there, there are some pretty strong kind of correlations between these first two. Absolutely. I mean, they could be, you know, when you're looking at exit strategies from investments, which is at, at, at sort of the, the deal level, you, you you know, you want to get a sense for, um, you know, what what uh, is the possible art of the possible in terms of cost savings for a certain type size of business in a certain industry in a certain space, right? Again, getting getting access to to that information, incorporating that into a financial model that gets get, gets everyone comfortable around a potential purchase price is 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 what we're talking about and imagine all of this happening in in a way that is well informed timely and truly enables quick decision making just imagine the power of that yeah so uh, a question comes to mind i know we're going to talk about portfolio companies as well Boovy, but a question comes to mind here around our own internal data that is to say as these technologies become more and more the norm. Certainly, there is a big focus on on what we sometimes internally hear at Emerge call external search, where just can we pull in and categorize all those forces out in the world, not under our control that we might want to visualize. There's a whole AI vendor ecosystem dedicated to that stuff, uh, a dozen of whom have, have been on the show over the years. Um, there's also, if this data is is more and more the future of the decisions we make, do we as a private equity firm need to start thinking about how we're tracking, training, using our own data. Maybe there was a time where if it all just sat in a separate OneDrive somewhere in some obscure, differently formatted uh, spreadsheet to spreadsheet, slide deck to slide deck, that's good enough. We can look it up. We can analyze it. If we need an intern to look through 50 of them, we get an intern to look through 50 of them. Um, is there anything fundamentally that you think needs to change around how internal data is treated at private equity firms? And if so, any advice there? Because it's dawning on me that your vision here is very data-driven and that these firms may not be treating it the way they need to for the future. No, well, you know, um, I would say private equity firms are very, very data-driven, Dan. The, and and the, 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 I believe one of the challenges is that the data is residing, like you said, in, in sort of multiple instances you know, sometimes there are manual workarounds, there's siloed systems. So if you if you truly want to harness the what what 
AI has to offer, there has to be a data strategy that that is part of the solution, which is, you know, understanding how to create that that repository, making sure that at least what is known and what exists is in a way that is easily digestible, that can be mined. And then you have your AI engine that basically, you know, goes and, and creates unlimited possibilities from from that data, whether it be analyzing trends or takeaways or the so what's or the implications. So that that is you know where where I feel that there's a fundamental step that needs to happen. And there's many PE firms that are at different stages of this evolution. Some are met much early on and, and it is you know true to their size and scale. Others are much larger with a lot of scale, and they have embarked on this journey with a lot of success. So as you might imagine, there's a whole continuum out there. But going forward, I mean, if if we see the universe of targets where we are going to make investments as being limited, the adoption of AI to enable the the D layer, as we're talking about, is, is, is not a matter of if, it is when and how quickly. Yeah, well, I'm on the same page with you there. I think part of the challenge for these folks, tell me if I'm right or wrong, is where do we even get started with all that formatting, right? Because um, the, the kinds of financial information, uh, the kinds of uh, quantifiable information to value business X versus business Y might be so wildly different that it sounds like there's maybe a coming together of leadership, of data science leadership in-house, of you know, our, our finance folks uh, and and sort of coming together and saying, hey, what are going to be the commonalities that we want to be able to have data-wise across all of our portfolio companies and across all of our deals that we're analyzing? What are going to be the bases upon which we might compare them? Some of them are going to be drastically different. If we're buying a company that makes plastic cups, it's a different ballgame than buying a company that has a bunch of vineyards on, uh, you know, in, in Napa somewhere. But there's some things about them that we should be able to draw from as a company. And that feels like a really important big decision because right now it, it is maybe okay if they all sit in independent things, so long as those individual spreadsheets have their right pivot tables to make decisions about that one business. But making this unifying sort of decisions, it's almost like an ontology. This this feels like a shift. Like you said, they're already data-driven, but by golly, this is a, this is a big choice here. This, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, you know, we've, we've had multiple instances where, you know, our, our clients are looking at a multitude of different platforms, for example, and they want to understand, um, okay, as as they aggregate around this and, and they place bets and investments, um, what are some of the so what's, what are some of the learnings, what are some of the trends? And and you can imagine this is just sort of one example in one one part of the business. Now you you expand it and and sort of take it beyond, and now you're seeing you're faced with it with the complexity. And and um, you know I, I think that there's an aspect of this which which we'll talk even on the portfolio side, which is cost driven and efficiency driven. But then I firmly believe that there's an aspect of this which is outcome driven. And and the efficiency is more on the cost side, but the overall outcome is you just imagine the impact to the acceleration cost take out as as this enables access to customer preferences, profit margins, pricing. Just imagine the overall value impact that uh, that this particular technology can have. 
But yes, I, I do want to also caution that the adoption of it is is not easy, right? Because we can sit here and talk about AI and there's certain means of using it very easily as a search engine, but adopting it, embracing it into a business and realizing the benefits of it, that is, it's, it's, not, it's not as easy as just typing into a, a chat online, for example. Absolutely not. These are major strategic decisions. If we're going to undergird our decisions in a new way, it's not just, uh, yeah, sure, let the LLMs crawl all of our ugly spreadsheets. This is really a, a, a new way of structuring how we're going to make decisions and, and allowing that to be a basis of, uh, of how we enter data, track data, understand data moving forward. So many important strategic decisions ahead. Let's move into that portfolio company side of things as, as you uh, already started to lead us a bit. Um, this is where things really get, you know, quite varied. Obviously, within individual portfolio companies, there's an unlimited number of AI use cases. But maybe you can let us know, Bovi, when you think about from the perspective of a portfolio or of a private equity firm that, you know, runs or manages and invests in many of these. Uh, what's the new class of kind of AI possibilities and challenges at that level? Sure. And, and, you know, I'm certainly not an expert in every vertical. Uh, yes. into which Nobody, is. Nobody is. Nobody is. <laughs> yeah invest right but but having uh, having been around this and in a, in a multitude of conversations um let me first start by by saying just and, and perhaps repeating a little bit of the point i made earlier which is that if you think you know if you think back a little bit um you know a few years ago digitization was sort of the topic or the word du jour i mean everything is going digital everyone wanted to take everything digital right and and now the sort of the 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 word that is a hot word it is you know the i don't want to call it a buzzword but is is just something that is so exciting is ai so it is firstly um i believe that um as digitization has shown that it is here to stay ai will do the same um i also believe that the adoption of ai will will be faster, uh, and but in certain cases, the the slope of the adoption curve might vary very much by industry vertical, also at least in private equity, based on what is going to be the promise or the outcome that is generated. There's a lot of interest in the conversations we are having around what is the possibility, right? Because private equity firms are at the top notch edge of creating value and and understanding the the impact or the possibility is is absolutely paramount to all the private equity leaders so you know think about what is the art of the possible what is the difference between what ai is you know what is generative ai conversational ai what is edge ai i mean there's so many different terms but at the end of the day what this really boils down to is the creation of value and how does AI enable that? In its most basic sense, it could be viewed as, as we talked, spoke a little bit about earlier, right? There's efficiency, there is information, there is sort of the, the synthesis and there is the, in fact, the intelligent synthesis and the reporting of it, right? But then if you start to dissect the, the, the operations of of a business that a private equity firm invests in, there's the cost side. Okay, how do you, once you digitize certain processes, okay, um, you can take cost out, you can make them more efficient, and that's great. I mean, there'll be a multitude of such processes where digitization and then, you know, AI on top can, can enable it. 
right? So, so think of think of a, a customer interaction when a customer calls for call center help, right? As simple as that, right? And and imagine if all of this were to be handled through an AI engine. So you're going to save the cost. It you know you're not looking at locating um, employees in a in a zone in a time zone. They, that that particular AI engine could reside anywhere in the world and could answer calls at any time. And your marginal cost of serving um, additional clients is pretty much zero. It, it there it's it's very very low, right? Okay, and your service levels, as we have proven through our experience, are really high. Now you just take this to the other end of the spectrum, where you know there is a contact center from a billing standpoint, and imagine there's billing disputes. Imagine if there's collections that need to happen in a business, and there's many businesses that 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 have you know billing and collections. Um, imagine imagine a scenario where the AI engine can actually um, help improve the collection percentages and the collection rates, right? And and there are live examples that we as a firm um, have implemented where we have seen tremendous improvement on the collection side. So it is this is such a simple process of an interaction with a customer either to solve a problem or a billing dispute or collection. This is one simple example that has a cost impact as well as a a, a revenue impact, quite frankly. Now, if you were to then expand this to a whole host of other processes, customer-facing processes, or, or interaction with suppliers, now you start to see the impact that, that this has. Imagine getting a sense for customer preferences or what which features they would rather pay for, what they would pay for more than others in, a, in any business. Could be a consumer business, could be an industrial business, that's a B2B or a B2C, right? As I said earlier, just imagine the power of getting all those insights quickly and then incorporating that into a pricing strategy into an overall growth on the top line. Yeah, this is this is a really interesting perspective that you're bringing to bear here because, um, again, as mentioned, we've covered Lord knows how many hundreds and hundreds of interviews uh, in finance, pri private equity unto itself, a really cool little corner of it. And you bring up some some interesting facets that might be the same across industries. One of, one of these here being thinking about basically efficiencies and sort of financial, I mean, when a private equity buys a firm, of course, they have to understand all the complex things, but the numbers have to move in a certain direction for them to be able to get that next exit or wh whatever that event is for them to to uh, sort of unlock that, that next level of value, achieve whatever their goal is. And I like the perspective here because it sounds like you're saying, hey, every company might have low-hanging fruit to have more money come in the front door. Every company might have low-hanging fruit to have less money go out the back door. Um, and every company might be able to tweak with their pricing to make all of those numbers start to tilt in a way that would be more attractive two, three years down the line as we do what we're doing. This is sort of what's starting to click in my mind as you're speaking, but I want to make sure I'm following you the right way, Bovi, but this is what's going off in my head here. Yeah, no, it's 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 that. I mean, you, yeah. you know, that's, that's a great way to look at it. And <laughs> yeah. Bringing all of those, um, you know, you, you, you just imagine the the number of stakeholders, the the and bringing in the data from them, the behavioral data that 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 then tells you what is driving decision making and what drives then the as a result the outcomes for those businesses that are held. And again, private equity is really unique, just like you said, because. You know, you can you can have a conversation with an industry uh, with 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 a big player in a certain industry, but 
private equities across a multitude of industries. Yeah. Right. So uh, I, I think the, the importance of AI and what it can do for private equity is, is actually uh, enhanced that much more. Yeah. Th- there's, uh, if you can and develop. I'm biased. Yeah, of course. You you certainly are biased, sir. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think w- what I'll say from my vantage point, which uh, for a living is is uh, as unbiased as I can humanly make it, um, is that it is a curious pair of goggles uh, to put on your eyeballs to sort of say, if I was a private equity firm, how would I think about leveraging AI? And I could imagine a world where a private equity firm develops a very strong competence for, let's say, cost savings or let's say pricing strategy based on data, based on AI, that does apply pretty well across industries where they they do some experiments with certain portfolio companies. They realize some massive returns on customer success or inventory management or whatever, and they might just be able to translate that across their other investments um, and, and develop this as almost an in-house skill set. So in that regard, it is quite different than when we talk to a Citibank or we talk to uh, a GlaxoSmithKline um, who really just has one business that they're working in. Because we're we're starting to turn the corner on sort of the end of our, our interview here, Bovi, I wanted to pivot to maybe some closing notes around adopting the technology. You've talked about these three strata of private equity, sort of the, the top of the house, the deals, and then the portfolio companies themselves. The journey of digital transformation and of AI enablement is going to be different for different private equity firms, as you rightly put it. Any advice for private equity folks to folks who are tuned in now who are wondering, hmm, where in the stack might the initial opportunities be? How could we start to level up and be a firm that's really powered by data and wins their advantage that way, unlocks more value that way? What what kind of parting advice would you have for them? No, for for sure, and and I mean I can I can base it you know I can base my my response to your ask based on the multitude of conversations I have been part of in um, in private equity. The the, the first thing is um, the there's a tremendous promise, but as I was alluding to earlier, the execution of it does require a little bit more of surgical thinking. There are many enablers of AI in a business. You know, it can be from a technology standpoint, a hardware standpoint. Um, it is, you know, different providers and, and and there's sort of multiple levels to the stack. So, you know, while while we are focused on the outcomes, there, there's a certain complexity in, in enabling uh, what is needed to, to realize those outcomes. So, you know, just a good recognition of that is, is something that is very, very important. Secondly, um, as we think about, um, you know, the execution of AI um, initiatives or, or the adoption of use cases, right? I mean, this takes really un- embracing the fact that things will be different. And 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 understanding that 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 creating that that differences and that change, so it becomes a change management question as well. Is is going to be an improved outcome for everyone? Now, what that means is, you know, truly understanding and dissecting areas where we think AI can add. And and, and again, I would say that I mean, I think of things very methodically, and 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 like so, maybe there's a cost angle first, but very quickly we have to get to the the, the top line. Which is the improvings? You know what is inherently a challenge in that business. If it's customer interaction, then how do you improve that process? If it is a translation of customer feedback to product attributes or service attributes, how do you enable that faster? So keeping an open mind 
to improving the process. And, and the other thing is the speed with which the, the results can be realized could be quite different. I mean, you think about five, six, seven, eight, 10, 12 years ago, you know, instituting process changes and then waiting for the results to come probably in certain instances took a while. In the case of artificial intelligence enabled solutions, it could be much faster, right? So then adapting to the pace with which that change can come is something that we all need to get comfortable with, right? And and, and lastly, I would say that, you know, um, especially in the context of, uh, of private equity, um, many, many firms that are owned as portcos are, are, are tend to be smaller businesses that are looking to scale, which is which is great. But in in other instances, there is also a certain inertia, organizational inertia, because those businesses might have grown through generations. And that is another execution uh, consideration that needs to be kept in mind as these technologies get embraced and adopted. So again, from a chain standpoint, really important. Technology standpoint, it's it's certain, and, and solution standpoint takes some time. And I would say in certain cases, it could be a year till a, till, a, till a solution is put in place, but then the results start to come very quickly. Yeah, if it, certainly if it's done well. And I think you you would not be the first person on this program over the, the last decade to, to hearken to this notion that uh, finding the right fit for an algorithm in a workflow, which uh, not necessarily easy, by the way, is comparatively easy to culture change uh, and and organizational change and really being able to brace for that and say, hey, we're going to have to uh, adapt and adopt. We're going to have to change mindsets. You know, end users and, and leadership is, is really going to have to be on the same page to change our data infra, to change the way that we work and to be, be ready to adapt. I think that that is uh, apt advice for any industry and certainly for private equity. And Bhuvi, I know that that's all we have for time, but I sincerely appreciate you showing us a little bit more about AI's possibilities in your world. I appreciate you being here. No, thank you so very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Dan. few points I think that are worth remembering before we wrap up today's show. Data analytics obviously is playing a crucial role in evaluating portfolio company performance and identifying areas for value creation. The internal data that your organization has in spreadsheets and external data, including investment levels, are all essential for making informed private equity decisions. And the potential for AI in deal making consists of particularly conversational AI holding the potential in summarizing complex data and engaging with limited providers and investors. AI can also streamline the private equity deal process by rapidly gathering and analyzing vast amounts of data, envisioning real-time ratings for target companies. Private equity firms must reassess their handling of internal data and develop a data strategy to harness this potential. AI adoption requires strategic decisions decisions and its successful implementation necessitates understanding specific use cases and organizational dynamics. AI can enhance private equity firms' business operations by digitizing processes, reducing costs, and improving service levels. Examples of AI-powered customer interactions and billing disputes demonstrate the potential for increased collection rates and revenue impact.